0: or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in.
1: It's We had a hard time together. Together. Yes, it's a high time. We had a hard time
0: together. Hi y'all, I'm Joe, your host in Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. I have to start by saying that today's podcast is a little different in that the conversation happened via a new social storytelling app called Fireside. I'm a beta creator on Fireside, we're known as Firestarters, and this interview was my very first time using the app. And full disclosure, the audio isn't amazing, and the reason is twofold. First, it's because this interview happened before my studio was set up, and second, because I hadn't learned how to connect my good mic through my phone. So I'm talking through my earbuds in an almost empty room. Arnov was not thrilled to receive that audio, but I am thrilled to report that he was here over the weekend and the new studio is up and running with just a few minor touches left. Check at Casually Baked on social for a look at my new digs. And if you're interested in participating with the podcast live, you can find me on Fireside. I've included a link in the show notes. And one more bit of housekeeping, I recently received this beautiful letter from a podcast listener. My name is Jen. I started listening to you last year, and I can't thank you enough for the content you put out. I've been wanting to reach out for months, but wasn't sure how to put it into words. My gratitude for your guidance is tremendous. You've helped steer me through a very tumultuous year, and I like where I am because of you. I can't tell you how much I've changed, got off meds, enjoy sex, lost my job, found my sanity, became an entrepreneur and creator, but I can say you've helped me find the woman I wanted to be. And some of your edgiest, more uncomfortable topics for me, mushrooms, ketamine, mindfulness, and our own energy, they have made me grow the most. So it leads me to this. I started a Facebook group today called Highly Responsible Canna Consumers. And in it, I mention your podcast because it honestly has been the inspiration. I'm creating the group because after looking and unsuccessfully finding a group that encompasses responsible use, I need one, sister. Not just Canna moms, not moms with blunts, weed people, and all the others. I've just recently kind of hacked my social media to use it for positive energy And I feel this may help or be the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, Jen's note went on, but I wanted to pause and say that I co-sign with Jen's message. If social media makes you feel like shit, either let it go or hack your feed with positivity and curiosity. I joined Jen as a moderator on her new highly responsible Canna Consumers Facebook group. She's running the show and I'm adding color commentary. So if you're looking for community around cannabis, I'll include a link to this new Facebook group in the podcast show notes. But also, if you already threw Facebook in the dumpster and set it on fire, I salute you. And I can't leave out that Jen even included a formal review after sending this heartfelt message. She wrote, I'm so glad I found this podcast. As a woman and mom looking to use cannabis to help me with anxiety and sleep, I was pleasantly surprised when I found Joe's podcast. She mindfully builds shows to give pertinent information for the of connoisseur and honestly has helped me be a better human. You can't listen without wanting to take better steps for yourself, end quote. This is why I do what I do. Thank you, Jen, for reaching out, for sharing your perspective. Man, I am thrilled for your next chapter and the highly responsible Canna Consumers group. It is casually baked approved. I'm also thrilled to share today's guest, who is also embarking on a new chapter. L'Oreal Allegretti is the founder of 40 Tons, a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice for cannabis prisoners. During our chat, L'Oreal explains the conspiracy that changed her life and inspired her business. She also pulls back the curtain on the war on drugs with firsthand insight into our unjust criminal justice system and what we can do to inspire hope and connection for those incarcerated for nonviolent cannabis crimes. And since formerly incarcerated people are stepping back into a world high on propaganda and cancel culture, I offer my two cents on how we can help smooth their transition. But first, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, PhD formulated for what aches and pains you. And this week, we'll hear from Kate, an MJ fan and repeat customer. I received a message from Kate when she placed her latest order. Quote, we're almost out of MJ Relief. I just said to my boyfriend, should we order more of this? just to see his reaction and he looks at me like I'm crazy because we use it every day and he says uh yes this stuff is gold I thought you would like that end quote. Thank you so much Kate I am thrilled that MJ Relief is a household staple at your place. Now if you want muscle and joint relief of your own head over to mjskinrelief.com and order a tin or tube for you and someone you love. And if you're already a fan of MJ Relief like Kate and her boyfriend, please share a video or voice memo and let me share your story of relief on the podcast. You can also leave a written review on the website. That's mjskinrelief.com or message me on social at mjskinrelief. The Sustainability Roll-Up is presented by OCB Rolling Papers. In perfect harmony with natural sustainable practices, it's always been the OCB signature to provide the highest quality, responsibly sourced, and sustainably crafted rolling papers. This week, I'm teasing next week's podcast with Daniel Fink, a craft cannabis farmer in Grass Valley, California, at Down Ohm Farms. Daniel will talk about growing naturally outdoors and share insights to help you at-home gardeners build living soil. Daniel will also speak to the current upset in the California cannabis industry as chemical agriculture moves in, threatening the small rural farming operations. If you care about farmers getting paid a living wage and keeping your favorite small farmer-owned cannabis brands in business, don't miss next week's podcast. With a name like Down Ohm Farms, you know Daniel is one with nature, just like my OCB rolling papers. All OCB papers are plant-to-puff and made in a facility that's powered by 100% green energy. And all OCB papers are vegan, GMO-free, chlorine-free, and dye-free. You'll love OCB even more because they make no-tear, even-burning rolling papers with natural, always-sticks, acacia gum, grown in African fields that OCB has been reforesting for decades. Of course, you must be 21 and older to buy OCB rolling papers and to follow the natural wonders of OCB on social, at OCB underscore USA. I gotta say, my practice is paying off. getting pretty good at hand rolling my joints. If you're a grown-up joint rolling novice, I invite you to learn the craft alongside me. Catch the latest Roll With Me Sesh featuring Daniel Fink on the Casually Baked YouTube channel with replays on the Weed Tube and IGTV. And if you haven't bought your rolling supplies yet, there's still time. Visit ocbusa.com backslash baked to get four booklets of OCB and a rolling tray for only $4.99. This bundle is worth 20 bucks and is around for who knows how long. But the rolling skills and street cred we'll earn together, my friend, makes this offer priceless. As for you OGs who can roll a joint with your eyes closed, I challenge you to sample the entire line of OCB products and let me know your favorite. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers. You'll find links to the OCB special offer and roll with me in the podcast 202 show notes at casuallybaked.com. If you're ready to see restorative justice in action, this podcast is for you. We're taking an important look at the impact of the war on drugs and the long term effects of convictions of nonviolent cannabis crimes on individuals families, and communities. We also weigh in on federal legalization through the lens of restorative justice and how giving and getting a second chance is the first step toward healing most everything in life. So smoke them if you got them and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the hot dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke. Let me start off introducing L'Oreal Olegretti. She is the founder of 40 Tons, and it is a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice for cannabis prisoners. And so I thought a way to start this chat would be for you to explain to us where did forty tons come from? What is this forty tons conspiracy that you talk
1: of? Sure, thank you for allowing me to be on your show joe i'm I'm super excited. um okay, so my first introduction to this criminal justice system was with my older brother who got arrested about sixteen years old, and I was thirteen years old. And um, they held him through continuances and um, witnesses and things like that that transpired in the case. They held him until he turned 18 years old in order to trial him as a adult. And I'm raised by a single grandmother. And so there was no extra money. We did not have resources to try to fight the case, get the proper lawyers, even file the correct paperwork. Um, So that was my first taste of the uh, not-so-justice justice justice system, if you will.
0: And you said you were, what, 13 years old?
1: Yeah, I was 13 years old when my brother went away to prison. And I knew it was unfair that they held him all, all those years in order to trial him as an adult. He should have been tried as a juvenile and given a lighter sentence. But because you're unaware of your options in the world, and unfortunately you need resources and monies and funds and lawyers. Um, You just take that injustice with a grain of salt and you try to continue. And I supported my brother throughout his prison sentence, uh, writing letters to him, sending packages, commissary visits when I could, right? Because I still was in school myself, but I knew it was important that he would have a connection to the family, even though he was away during this time. So that was my very first taste of, of the criminal justice system. Throughout
0: our chat, I am going to want to weave back and forth between what's happening present day, the things that you saw as a child and how those things changed, got better, got worse. Um, but what is this 40 tons conspiracy?
1: Okay, so the forty tons. The whole conspiracy consisted of my husband Anthony and our good friend Corvain, and they were selling cannabis without a license. They were selling it illegally, and this was in two thousand, was when this whole conspiracy started. When they got caught and the charges were uh, handed down to them. Anthony, my husband, who is of Italian descent, he gets a much lighter sentence. And our good friend Corvain, he gets essentially the death sentence. He gets sentenced to life without the possibility of parole for a nonviolent cannabis charge. And it let's was us my... pause
0: right there because mm-hmm. that is due to the 1994 crime bill that put into place this three strikes law. So what were the other two convictions that Corvain had had leading up to this third one.
1: Okay, so Corvain's previous drug-related charge to get him this third strike. uh, One was having codeine cough syrup without a prescription. I think he had like a half a bottle. And the other one was a small amount of cannabis. And That's then when, insane.
0: And so then now yeah. this 40 tons conspiracy that you're going to spell out for us, <laughs> this was the third strike. But those first two were very small offenses. Correct. Which the cough syrup thing is insane to me.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. I think even if he were busted today, today, um, that would simply be a fine, I imagine. Right. So um, it definitely would not equate to to this terrible life sentence that he got handed down. So just a jump ahead. The amount of cannabis that was charged was 40 tons. 40 tons of marijuana was ultimately charged to Corvain Cooper, although there were 100 defendants on this indictment. but And from um,
0: what I understand, this was some childhood friend narked on like 100 people, and it all got put together in one thing. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. I dare, never want to utter this humans, and I use that very loosely um, name, but yes, that's exactly what happened. He, you know, was the glue to link everybody together and point the fingers and create or solidify the the conspiracy charge that the feds had um, accused them of.
0: So out of all of these 100 defendants, all of it landed on Corvain's back.
1: That is correct. Yes. He got charged with the entire amount. And
0: so he was given a a life sentence. And what
1: year was that? 2013, I think it is. I I believe it was 2013. There's a newspaper article about it. Uh, It made the front page of the Charlotte Tribune newspaper. The headlines read something like, Los Angeles man gets sentenced to life for the 40 tons of weed.
0: Yeah, that's crazy town USA. You've lived a childhood of the war on drugs, breaking your family apart, your brother being taken away. And then your husband, you know, even though he wasn't convicted in this, his name was on it and he had spent time in prison as well. So you are a woman who not only grew up dealing with the prison system, but now you're a wife with children dealing with the prison system. So, you know, one of the things that I think is important to talk about is the aftermath of a conviction for families, for the spouses, for the children. You know, these basic needs. Um, so, can you paint a little bit of a picture for us about your what your life was like during all of this?
1: Yeah, sure. Um. So just to be clear, Anthony had gone to prison, not once, not twice, but three times on nonviolent cannabis related charges and conspiracy charges. Right. So three times I experienced this ordeal. You know, I'm essentially sitting in the courtroom and Anthony gets this sentence, um, equated to like about four years, uh, you know, my life just fell apart, you know, I was devastated. Um, I worked, but he was like breadwinner. So it meant everything was now on my shoulders, you know, and the first two times we only had the two children, but it was me to do it all. I was mom, dad, confidant, aunt, you know, Everything was was on me for the children. And um, there were some very, very dark times that I had some depression, some health issues that I experienced. But I was working, you know, when he went away, I had to work. I had one full time job and three part time jobs, if you can believe that, that that exists. And three children. Yes and yes and and at and at one point when he went away it was three children one was not even one years old oh my gosh so yes yeah, so it's me you know working all these jobs um, working like six and a half days a week. And i um, trying to breastfeed the little baby. Right. But I'm running around and I'm not getting the proper nutrients for myself. Um, but, yeah, it was very, very dark times. I, I did not think I was going to make it through. I thought, you know, my faith in, in God and, and prayer and things like that. I thought, like, wow, this this couldn't there couldn't be a God if he would allow me to go through such tragic times you know like i i felt so helpless um you know and even at work people knew or you know they heard it through social media or they seen it in the news or whatever they, so they knew and it was always the whispers i felt ashamed um i was embarrassed you know um the children they would say they never saw me cry and i was so strong and how did i do all this you know and i think to myself oh I cried in that shower I bawled my eyes out you know but I knew I had to be the strong woman mother for them because there was nobody else to do it I didn't have parents that were wealthy to give me a loan or let me come and live with them like that was not the option at at all and at this point the single grandmother that had raised me and my two brothers she had passed away so I was now the backbone so I had to hold it together you know so
0: yeah You becoming this super powerful woman by just pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. So tell me, how do you keep a family and these connections alive? when you're wearing all the hats.
1: Yeah, um, I had to dig really deep down, you know, and put everybody first, because I knew that the outcome would have to be great. You know, um, it was communicating with them in jail, Anthony or Corvain, right? Trying to make sure that they had money on, on their commissary to get their necessities that they need. You know, working a lot of hours. I wore myself thin to the bone, you know, Um, but I I stayed very strong in my faith. I I felt like if God needed me, wanted me to go through all of this, it has to be a light at the end of this tunnel, Um, meaning. I am now able to have this voice to share my experiences with the women that are currently the L'Oreal Allegrettis, right? Thinking that there's no one that has ever been in their shoes. No one really talks about this aspect of it. You're, You're aware of it, right? I think most people are aware, oh, I guess when someone goes to jail, that that mom or that wife, they probably have a hard time. But you never really know. Right. You never see what happens to that woman afterwards. And and did she survive? Did she make it? Well, I'm saying, yes, I did. I did survive. Amen to that.
0: So what was the catalyst for you saying I've had enough? I'm doing something about this. Yeah.
1: um, My aha moment is what I refer to it as, Joe, like in that courtroom. And listening to the judge give this what I think is horrible sentence for Anthony, my husband, right? I'm thinking, God, how am I gonna survive? But then hearing the judge give Corvain the the life sentence without parole, I knew again, here was that not so justice justice system that I had experienced the 20 years prior, right? That was my aha moment. I said this was enough. We now have to stand up for what's right and make a point and make a stance and and have our voice be heard, you know? Um, so that was it. It was another slap in the face where I couldn't ignore it anymore. Like it was in my face again, you know, 20 years later, worse of a magnitude than it was when I was 13 years old, hence 40 tons. And, um, you know, it stands for a lot. Yes, the amount of cannabis that was charged to Corvin Cooper, but it also stands for the 40,000 nonviolent cannabis offenders that are currently in prison. And let me tell you, most of them are black and brown people. So 40 tons, is it's our way of giving back to the community, giving back to that prisoner in the smallest way or the biggest way, you know? Um, so anybody who purchases anything from our website, any streetwear or anything like that, or any of the collaborations that we have going on with other cannabis brands, just know that those profits that are made are going right back to that prisoner for their commissary book, because I tell you, is like $1,000 to someone who has nothing, who has no one to write to them. They are not even able to buy a bar of soap, right? So 40 tons was created to give back to those prisoners who are currently serving these crazy um, sentences um, for nonviolent.
0: While other people are are getting rich and big pharma, big ag, big alcohol, tobacco, they're all maneuvering their way into this industry and yeah this stuff needs to be answered for and this is you know this idea of restorative justice and working not only within your community but finding these organizations with bigger megaphones finding the local and state and federal officials that will will hear you i know that corvane had a very blessed turn of events so talk a little bit about what happened in January of this year.
1: Yes, yes. So, um, you know, Corvain had did lighter part of almost 10 years in prison. He applied for clemency under the Obama administration. Um, so when the first term came for Obama, he applied, Corvain did, and Obama turned him down. And then Obama's second term, Corvain applied for the clemency. Obama turned him down. This was the third opportunity that Corvain can have, or he would never be able to do it again, right, ask for this. So there was a lot of people and organizations behind the scenes, legislation, um, people in the White House um, that were helping amplify the message, along with Anthony and myself. Anthony like, lived on Clubhouse for like eight months, and we lived on change.org and promoting the hell out of Corvain and amplifying his story and things like that. And when Trump was in office and, and all that madness that was going on, um what they stormed the Oval Office and invaded Washington there. And everything was just an uproar um, on Trump's last day in office. He actually granted Corvain Cooper the presidential clemency. And that was in January of this year, which was a huge, huge win for us. Um, you know, and it doesn't matter what you feel about, you know, former President Trump. I, in my opinion, whether you voted for him, didn't vote for him, whether you love him, you, you dislike him. At the end of the day, he did. Give an only son back to his mother. He did give two little girls their father back, right? One of his daughters hadn't seen him since she was two or three years old. So, that in itself, Trump did a very, very good deed. So,
0: absolutely. And you know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about Trump, the whole idea of people trying to create more division and more division. And I feel like A lot of the laws that get written and a lot of the things that we're asked to focus on, it's about dividing us instead of bringing us together as a human race. And and I think it's very beautiful that Corvain gets another chance and that he's choosing to help push this message forward and help continue the 40 Tonnes mission and, you know, really trying to walk the walk now. Um, So tell me what has happened since Corvane has gotten out. You know, what is 40 tons accomplished this year?
1: Yeah, since Corvain has gotten out, or, or let me back up one step. Uh, it was Anthony who got that final call that former President Trump was going to release Corvain. And he actually I drove him to LAX, which is about almost two hours from where we live. We live in San Diego. And um, to get on a red eye flight to go and pick up Corvain from the federal um, prison in Pollock, Louisiana. So that was exciting to experience that and Corvain and I and Anthony are all of our team. We've just been as soon as we hit the ground, we were running like as soon as they set, told him, you know, pack up, you're getting out of here. It's been nonstop go. So there's a lot of advocacy work that we're doing behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, um, you know, events. We we. Sp- do a lot of public speaking, a lot of promotion, uh, Vanity Fair, ABC, NBC, a bunch of publications. It's just been an outpour and open arms to embrace us into this cannabis space. And I, my husband and Corvain started in this black market, right? This, this uh, illegal legacy market, market. The legacy like market. Yes, this legacy market, right? Um, And who better than these guys who are the pioneers, right, to get back into it, you know, the legal way. Right. So um, we feel that our company and what we stand for, that it's a movement and we're here to stay. And we just want our chance uh, at the table with everybody else, you know, to to make an impact, a real impact.
0: Another important way I think you guys are making an impact is with this can I get a second chance job fair? You know, I yeah. I met a gentleman during COVID. He li- lived near me and we would always see each other at the park. And it turns out he had spent 32 years in California State Prison and had been out less than a year. And he was like, you're my first friend. Since he was early 20s, he'd been in prison and So, I've had a lot of long, you know, intimate conversations about what life was like pre 1994 crime bill in prison, what it was like after, and then, you know, what it was like transitioning back into the world. And, you know, to have somebody in your corner to help you, you know, find companies that are willing to give people released from prison a second chance at having a true career, not just some lame ass job that they have to go to and, you know, work the graveyard shift. Like, helping them get real jobs. So tell me a little bit about the Can I Get a Second Chance job fair?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Can I Get a Second Chance? It's an amazing uh, job fair, career fair um, that's happening in the inner city, Hawthorne, California. It's gonna be on Thursday. Um, And so we've got tons of employers who uh, will be there on the ground level to give interviews. They have promised to offer hundreds and hundreds of jobs, whether it's plant touching or not, because on a side note, you know, when someone comes out of prison with with a cannabis charge, a lot of them are going to be on probation or parole, right? So the stipulations of one's probation prohibits them mostly uh, from plant-touching jobs. But there's a lot of logistics. There's trucking companies that will be out there. Um, So there's a lot of opportunity for the former incarcerated to really get a career out of something that unfortunately took them away. But they can do this now in the legal space. So we've got lemonade out there from Antioch. There's a lot of remote jobs that'll be available as well. Um, Help writing your... Resume or freshening it up, um, speaking with career coaches. Um, there'll be people giving haircuts and makeup tips and suits or dress clothes will be provided. Um, so it'll be great. So back to the vendors. We've got Lemonade from Antioch, Chiefing from the Bay Area. Grand resumes will be out there. There's a slew of them. Those are the ones that are near and and dear to my heart who before we did Can I Get a Second Chance, they believed in 40 Tons and our mission and our movement and supported us that way, you know and and our publicist, Zoe Wilder, she's awesome she believed in us when we were just on paper and had, you know two friends on Instagram, right she's been awesome and um, Marijuana Matters DC, um, M4MM um So it's just a lot, a lot of vendors that'll be out there um, to really help.
0: And this is tomorrow. When you said it's on Thursday, I'm like, wait, I think it's Wednesday. So this is happening (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. I've just been in such a, 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 I don't know, like airplane mode. I'm just going, going, going. And I, yes, you're right. It is tomorrow. Um, But we've been behind the scenes for like the past two months, just, you know, crossing T's and dotting I's and making sure this is going to be an event to remember really giving back to our community and having people know that they can walk away with an actual job offer for a career that they can, you know, uh, support themselves and their families. Because if you don't have, you you know, sometimes these convictions will prohibit a person from even um, getting an apartment, right? They see a, um, cannabis offense or drug offense and they think i'm not renting to someone like this you know it's on your record so we're all offer- we are also offering expungements so there'll be lawyers there that are going to give real time advice on whatever your um rap sheet looks like on what ways you can navigate in the cannabis space you know so it's very important stuff too
0: yes now what about people that want this information but you know they're geographically challenged to be there tomorrow is it also virtual or y'all maybe going to do another one um, down the road that's virtual
1: Um, I, I don't know if it will be set up to do the live virtual, but I know that we have several videographers that that'll be on site. And so then they'll be able to, um, upload certain speakers that have really good knowledge in the industry, um, that will be uploaded and people can take a look at that video and kind of get little tidbits from there as as well. So that's, that's the other option.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now I want to shift gears a little bit and um, ask you a question, because, you know, part of the thing about keeping people out of prison for cannabis would be federal legalization. But somebody like me who's been in the industry for five years, I kind of backpedal a little bit and I'm like, "Mm, is federal legalization really the best move for us right now? Now, I know all the people in prison are like, um, yeah, somebody get me out of here. Right. But I feel like with federal legalization, we need to have a bunch of stipulations in place. Yes. Before we say yes. So I would like to know with everything that you've experienced in the system, you know, what are your thoughts on federal legalization and
1: what would those stipulations need to be? Um, I think, okay. the federal legalization i know it's a hot topic right but i i know all of the nuances that go behind the scenes so i would say before that happens we each state needs to be properly educated um, you know, and the licenses need to be fairly distributed to th- throughout, right? The social equity licenses need to be, you know, fair, um, and and the education is huge because I've heard horror stories, you know, of people who hold these licenses and they're having, you know, hard time even keeping the lights on, right? So that's a problem. So I'd say that the education for sure. It needs to be across the board.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm speaking to a farmer in a few days on the podcast about the cost of doing business for the farmer. Like just to have the license and to keep it up and to pay their taxes, yeah. it's almost putting them out of business. And so it's like, how do we protect craft growers and farmers? And how do we create some equity program? How do we make sure that records are expunged immediately? How do we make sure that as soon as we hit go, that they're opening up those doors and releasing these nonviolent cannabis offenders? Like, you know, who's going to make sure that stuff happens? Because I don't trust who's currently... The president. (laughs) ...in there making these decisions. So, you know, this... This is why an organization like 40 Tons, um, we need more people like you. Who are y'all having these conversations with? And, you know, where are you? With that?
1: Yeah, right. We have conversations within our wheelhouse of like, you know, there's Alice Johnson who assisted with Corvain and, and getting his story brought to Trump's attention, right? And a couple of other organizations who are there in and, and Washington that are on the ground level who can, can really have that impact. And then once the time is right for 40 tons we will definitely be right there next to those organizations aligned at the steps of the White House, if you will, right? I think just getting the the timing needs to be more um accurate yeah it's not aligned yet
0: so okay so this is a now would lead me into what's my call to action these people in the auditorium with us you know what's our call to action through the lens of restorative justice what do we do
1: yeah, I think what the normal civilian and you, Joe, and everyone in the audience, I, I see all these emojis going and I'm not sure what to do or not to do. I just want to say, I see it, guys. I see it. Joe sees it. Um, I think just stay in the know, stay, just stay aware and, and, and. Be present. Right. And, and it, is, it means as small as something that doesn't cost you anything. So you sign up for change.org. Right. And then now you can see what's going on in, in each of these states. Right. Um, you know, just staying aware of what's going on in your own backyard so that you can make a clear assessment of what you can and cannot do. You know, let's just say one wants to they only have 60 cents for a stamp and they've got some time on their hands. There's letter writing programs with organizations that we know that will assist you with that. They'll pair you up with a prisoner and you can write them because I know firsthand, Corvain knows firsthand, Anthony knows firsthand, that getting a letter, getting a piece of mail while you are doing a lot of time is priceless, it, it allows someone um, a
0: getting a piece of mail that's not a bill in my <sighs> own mailbox feels priceless yeah. like a handwritten note. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs>
1: right. right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, Corvee would tell me a story that um He'd look his name up on the computer and um, it would report back that he was deceased because of his life sentence, you know, and and bless his heart. Right. But then just to know that he got that piece of mail, you know, that was handwritten. A couple days ago, it was like, okay, that was a computer error. I I pray to God that's a computer error. I just got this letter from my mother, sister, whatever. Like they're they're still concerned about me. They still love me, you know. So I just say for everyone to stay. Um, any little bit that they can do, you know, doesn't have to cost a lot of money if you don't have a lot of money.
0: And one thing that I will add to that is nine out of ten. 10- American citizens believe that some form of cannabis legalization is in order, whether or not that's an adult use or medical use. So don't be afraid to use your voice. Don't be afraid to come out of the cannabis closet. If you live in a non-legal state, talk to your community, take the temperature of your community. There are municipalities that have created lesser charges for cannabis possession even though they are a state that is illegal so just know that you have power in your community starting small is the biggest way to make change
1: yes yes it is and you know say that it's just you know someone in the audience who's there like Chris, he, he wants to start writing to a, a prisoner. Um, and then Chris says to Frederick, hey, Frederick, you know what I did this weekend? I sat down and I wrote a letter to this prisoner. And then now it gets those two talking. And then Frederick tells the next one. And the next thing you know, we've got 100 of us out here in the world communicating with 100 prisoners, gi- giving them a little ray of hope. Right. And, and what they seem that that's a hopeless situation, you know, those small things, you know, or if you want to purchase some of our streetwear and, and know that it's going to go, those proceeds are going to go right back to that prisoner. You know, we are similar to that model, um Tom's, you know, how you buy a pair of Tom's and then, you know, that a pair is going to go to Ethiopia. Right. So just to know that you're doing that small little bit, your small little bit in your wheelhouse means everything.
0: I love that. That's great advice. So if people want to get more involved with 40 Tons, follow what you guys are doing, you know, what's the best way to stay connected with you?
1: Yeah, the best way to stay connected with Forty Tons, um, you can go on to our website, and put your email in, and we can keep you abreast of what's the the latest and the greatest going on. Or you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. It's Forty Tons Brands. Is this four zero or we're we writing it out? Oh yes, it's four zero, four zero T O N S dot C O is the website. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now,
0: is there anything that I didn't ask you that is relevant to our conversation today or, you know, something that you really want to amplify in the conversation?
1: Um, I just want to th- Thank everybody who's in the audience. Um, this is a new app to me, so thank you for bearing with me as I was trying to figure out my camera and all that. But as far, oh my God, it's new to me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but I just want to say, um, you know, thank everybody who's given us support from day one, you know, when 40 tons wasn't on paper um, and believed in us and gave us a shot and a chance. And I just want to say to the people who frown upon cannabis, just know that it's got great healing properties. I myself use cannabis edibles. It's a way that I like to use cannabis in my own way. And so I found it very helpful, especially that I'm wearing a lot of hats. Um, I'm also in nursing school. So I, I want to be able to promote this plant, this healing plant across the board and, and yes, be advocacy person um, for 40 tons and the prisoners, but also for that healing plant that that can help so many people. So I think we touched it all. Thank
0: you. Awesome. And, you know, one thing that I would like to add is really pause before we judge people. When I met Lorenzo in the park during the fucking crazy ass 2020 we had, it was being able to be open and not judging when someone says, hi, I've just spent 32 years in prison and you're my first friend. You know, most little white girls would have run for the hills. And so I'm just inviting people at this time in the world where things are a little bit crazy lean into your humanity like be kind and open and generous with your your thoughts and your resources you know if you don't have cash maybe you can write letters you know it just don't box yourself into what it looks like to be helpful. Don't box yourself into what it means to have an ex-con working for you. Throw all of this shit aside. Forget all of the division, you know, LGBTQ, whatever else, black, white, brown. It doesn't matter. We're all humans. This is a challenging roller coaster that life is and with every down, there's going to be an up and just be there for each other and just embrace where we are and just pay it forward however you can.
1: Yes, well said. If you're as
0: inspired by L'Oreal as I am, I hope you'll share this podcast with your smoke circle and head over to the podcast 202 show notes at casuallybaked.com to learn more about the 40 tons mission and how you can get involved. And if you're looking for a -a one-of-a-kind cannabis-infused getaway, I invite you to join me in the beautiful wine and weed country of Sonoma County, California. As a cannabis lifestyle guide, I've cultivated a -a one-of-a-kind farm stay experience where you can enjoy the casually baked lifestyle and the magic of sun-grown cannabis farms and vineyards. If you're into wine, weed, wellness, or all of the above, Get ready to have a high time, customized just for you. Learn more at casuallybaked.com backslash travel. That's casuallybaked.com backslash travel. For you social butterflies, I'm at casuallybaked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the WeedTube. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, become a podcast patron for $5 per month at patreon.com backslash casually baked we're on our own journey but creating change it is a team sport so help spread the message far and wide my friends by rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen that helps other canna curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content so thanks for doing your part to puff puff pass it on
1: yes is high
0: Time. We had a high time together. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album Gotta Get Back wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
0: Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in?